Chapter Two, Part Two of Rocks and Their Origins by Grenville A. J. Cole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Limestones, Part Two Altered Forms of Massive Limestone. Magnesium carbonate is introduced by many organisms as a primary constituent of limestone. A foraminifer, Nubicularia novorosica, has 26% of magnesium carbonate in its shell and alcyonarian skeletons may include 15.7%, crinoid ossicles 13%, and the hard parts of calcareous algae 12%. F. W. Clark and W. C. Wheeler, U.S. Geological Survey, Professional Paper 102, 1917, have gone over the whole field of marine organisms and indicate an increase in magnesium carbonate under tropical conditions. The matter is of interest in connection with the common occurrence of dolomitic limestones. Dolomite, the joint carbonate, calcium-magnesium carbonate, contains 54.35% of calcium carbonate and 45.65% of magnesium carbonate, or carbon dioxide, 47.8, lime, 30.4, and magnesia, 21.8. Its specific gravity is 2.85. The occurrence of dolomite in intimate association with calcite has been proved by E. W. Skeets in the case of modern coral reefs, and the secondary deposition of the mineral has been made clear. The skeletons of the corals themselves may now consist of dolomite, while calcite has crystallized in their interstices, or remains as part of the original infilling of mud. The presence of dolomite in reefs has, of course, long been known, having been observed by J. D. Dana in 1849, and it has been realized that, by prolonged alteration, masses of dolomite rock become built up. Commonly the process produces a dolomitic limestone, in which calcium carbonate is still in excess of the 54% which is present in the mineral dolomite. The alteration of the original limestone is, however, sufficiently profound. The ready crystallization of dolomite as rhombohedra destroys the organic structure, and traces of corals or molluscan shells disappear from great thicknesses of rock. It is uncertain whether the process of dolomitization proceeds most rapidly in the evaporating waters of the lagoons, or, as Pfaff believes, at considerable depths, where the pressure may reach 100 atmospheres. Magnesium carbonate, as we shall note later, may be removed from dolomite in solution under pressure at a greater rate than calcium carbonate. If this occurs in seawater, it would seem to militate against the production of dolomite in the lower levels of a reef. The magnesium required for dolomitization is derived from the magnesium sulfate and chloride of seawater, calcium being removed during the change. C. Clement, in particular, urges that a concentrated solution of sodium chloride at 60 degrees centigrade assists the process in the case of magnesium sulfate. Aragonite is more susceptible than calcite. Clement's temperature of 120 degrees Fahrenheit can rarely be realized in lagoons or between tide marks, but R. C. Wallace, C.R. International Geological Congress, 1913, page 879, suggests that dolomite is deposited after sufficient calcite has come down and has thus caused greater concentration of magnesium ions in the seawater. The intimate structure of modern dolomitic limestone, as exhibited in coral reefs, satisfies us that many older or fossil dolomites were formed from marine calcareous deposits, while these were still accumulating. In other cases we must admit that the dolomite has developed in the neighborhood of joints after the consolidation of the rock. The view that dolomitization results from the mere removal of calcium, 
the magnesium originally present in organic skeletons becoming thus more concentrated, is not borne out by recent observations. Skeets has carefully compared the dolomite rocks of Tyrol with the materials of recent coral reefs. In both there is a striking absence of detritus of inorganic origin, and his work goes far to show that the much-discussed alpine dolomites were formed under conditions which occur in the neighborhood of existing reefs. This, however, does not solve the question as to whether we are dealing in Tyrol with fossil coral reefs or with the calcareous type of ordinary marine sediments, which might undergo the same kind of alteration. While Skeets finds in two dolomites from recent reefs 43% of magnesium carbonate, the substitution seems usually to terminate when 40% has been introduced. In Tyrol, however, the process has gone so far as to give rise to true dolomites, with 45.65% of magnesium carbonate. The dolomites of the Jurassic series in North Bavaria are massive rocks almost devoid of fossils, traversed by shrinkage cracks, and associated with richly fossiliferous stratified limestones. The relations of these two types of rock are those of coral reefs to the bedded deposits on their flanks, and the dolomite seems to merge horizontally into the stratified series. As in Tyrol, fossils and corals are rare in the bosses of dolomite, but the structural evidence is strongly in favor of their having originated as steeply sided reefs. The dolomitic facies of the carboniferous limestone in our islands is an example of the second type of origin. The dolomite here frequently occurs in irregular veins and patches. The introduction of iron carbonate with the magnesium salt stains the dolomite brown on exposure to oxidation, and its limits are thus clearly seen in the general blue-gray mass. The dolomitization has evidently proceeded from joint surfaces inwards. It is often sufficiently thorough to obliterate all traces of fossils, and the shrinkage accompanying the chemical change has produced numerous cavities, in which calcite has subsequently crystallized. An expansion takes place when aragonite is altered into dolomite, unless more of the calcium carbonate is removed than is necessary to give place to the magnesium carbonate introduced. In the change from calcite, with a density of 2.72, to dolomite, with a density of 2.85, there is, on the other hand, a shrinkage of 4.54%. Where the alteration, then, takes place while the aragonite organisms still remain as aragonite, and not as calcite, an expansion rather than a contraction should occur in the substance of a reef. But when an old limestone, in which all the calcium carbonate is present as calcite, becomes dolomitized, a considerable shrinkage will occur, and the rifts and hollows may remain obvious. Very few dolomites, except those found in association with rock salt and other products of the evaporation of lagoons, can now be attributed to direct chemical deposition from the sea. Daly has argued that the first Paleozoic and the Precambrian dolomites were formed by precipitation, since the calcium salts in those early days were completely removed from seawater. Ammonium carbonate, though effective in precipitating the calcium salts, does not act on those of magnesium until the calcium salts have been brought down. But, under the conditions postulated for the river waters that reached the sea from the earliest continental lands, conditions involving the presence of only small quantities of salts of calcium, the decay of organisms on the sea floor, might lead to a deposition of all the magnesium salts, following on those of calcium, both coming down in the form of carbonates. The experimental work of Pfaff should be considered in connection with Daly's suggestions, 
since means are there indicated whereby basic magnesium carbonate precipitated from seawater may associate itself with calcium carbonate to form dolomite shallow water conditions with concentration by evaporation are required daly compares analyses of river waters now running over precambrian rocks with analyses of precambrian limestones and the ratio of the carbonates of magnesium and calcium is shown to be the same in both series from what we have said it now seems probable that the great majority of dolomitic limestones owe their magnesium to substitution from without direct precipitation of dolomite has however been invoked to account for several cases of permian age such as the magnesian limestone of the county of durham near sunderland this rock is greatly modified containing ball-like and other concretions associated with frequent cavities traces of the original bedding remain running through the concretions and marine fossils are abundant conibert and phillips so far back as eighteen twenty two stated that the nodules were devoid of magnesia though formed in a magnesian rock in spite of this these objects long appeared as dolomite in collections e j garwood showed conclusively that they resulted from the concentration of calcium carbonate in a concretionary form water containing calcium sulphate after passing through a dolomite is found to carry magnesium sulphate by a chemical exchange skeets moreover points out that under a pressure of five atmospheres the magnesium carbonate of dolomite becomes more soluble than the calcium carbonate in fresh water containing carbon dioxide dolomitic limestones may thus revert towards more normal types but such cases are exceptional occasionally the magnesium is worked up from the carbonate into other forms under the influence of contact action from igneous masses the term de-dolomitization used by teal is properly restricted to such cases where dolomite may separate into calcium carbonate magnesium oxide and carbon dioxide the magnesium oxide takes up water and yields the flaky colorless mineral brucite where silica is present either as an impurity in the dolomite or introduced from an invading siliceous magma magnesium and calcium silicates may be built up olivine thus arises and on becoming hydrated and passing into serpentine stains the rock in various shades of green the calcium carbonate crystallizes as a ground of granular calcite and the whole mass becomes a handsome ophicalcite or serpentinous marble the famous rock of connemara used in polished slabs has arisen in all probability in connection with igneous action dolomitic limestones are liable to decay rapidly in towns owing to the formation of magnesium sulphate which as shown above is even more soluble in water than is the accompanying calcium sulphate in the country the crystals of dolomite resist ordinary weathering by the carbon dioxide of the rainwater better than those of calcite and the rock thus becomes loosened through the loss of one constituent and crumbles into a dolomite sand compact dolomites however have furnished some excellent building stones for country use since here the more resisting mineral forms the bulk of the rock the phosphatic limestones are commercially even more important tricalcium orthophosphate derived perhaps in the first instance from the decay of bones of fishes and the excreta known as coprolites tends to become aggregated in certain limestones as in the chalk of mons in belgium and of taplow in buckinghamshire the phosphate replaces foraminiferal and other shells 
and frequently forms internal casts of fossils. In the latter case, it has replaced the calcareous mud that first occupied the shells. The observations of the Challenger expedition show that concretionary calcium phosphate is forming among the calcareous and glauconitic oozes of existing oceans, nodular masses collecting in which foraminiferal shells are united and even replaced by calcium phosphate. Where deposits of guano are formed by seabirds on surfaces of coral limestone, as at Christmas Island to the south of Java and at Sombrero in the Windward Islands, calcium phosphate becomes washed downwards and replaces part of the calcium carbonate of the rock. The resulting phosphatic limestone is quarried on a commercial scale, and the very existence of Christmas Island is said to be threatened by the energy of excavators. The phosphorites du Quercy, well known to agriculturalists in France, are accumulations in hollows and fissures of Jurassic limestone, and are associated with the bones of fossil mammals. But in this and in other cases there is much doubt as to whether the phosphate is derived from the bones, or is locally concentrated with other impurities such as sand and clay through solution of the adjacent limestone. The most common substance that replaces calcium carbonate in limestones is silica, in the form of flint. The nodules of this material, white on the outside and richly black within, mark bands of stratification in the Cretaceous chalk, and are among the best-known materials in southeast England. Their fantastic forms have given rise to many speculations. Sometimes, however, when fractured, they are clearly seen to include the remains of fossil sponges. The sponges may be represented merely as hollow casts, but there is abundant evidence in other cases that they belong to genera which secreted skeletons of amorphous, non-crystalline silica during life. The nodular flint has collected round the sponge, while the sponge itself has often disappeared. G. J. Hind has shown how readily the spicules of siliceous sponges go into solution. Even at the bottom of existing seas, they become rounded at the ends, while their canals become enlarged. In some fossil instances, they are replaced by calcite. W. J. Solis, emphasizing this point, remarks that, quote, it may be taken as an almost invariable rule that the replacement of organic silica by calcite is always accompanied by a subsequent deposition of the silica in some form or other, unquote. The occurrence of flints in chalk along parallel zones is no doubt a case of the rhythmic deposits studied by R. Liskang in his Geologis Diffusionen, 1916. The pocket lens will often show traces of sponge spicules as dull little rods in the translucent substance of the flint, but the microscope shows that the mass of the flint has the structure of the limestone in which it lies. The foraminifera and other small structural features of the original rock are perfectly preserved in chalcedonic, that is, minutely crystalline, silica. Larger fossils, such as thick, molluscan shells and the tests of sea urchins, may escape alteration, while the chalk mud, the original ooze, with which they are infilled, has become completely silicified. This explains the internal molds of fossils in brown oxidized flint that are found in gravel pits on the surface of the chalk, and also the tubular hollows representing stems of crinoids that often occur in flint from the carboniferous limestone. In the latter case, the fossil remained calcareous while the ground became silicified, and the fossil was removed by subsequent solution. Where great thicknesses of strata, as may happen in the carboniferous limestone, 
have become thus silicified, it may be presumed that silicious skeletons were unusually abundant in the mass. But as L. Cayeux observes, such skeletons may be in one case entirely removed, and in another represented by massive flints. In yet another case, the silica may remain disseminated through the rock. The irregularity of its segregation is shown by the growth of flints in branching or hook-like forms, running from one bed to another in a limestone. Oolitic limestones and the skeletons of corals, both having been originally made of aragonite, are often replaced by flint, forming conclusive instances, appreciable by the naked eye, of the secondary origin of this form of silica. Traces of diatoms are comparatively rare, although they probably contributed to the silicification of the freshwater calcaire de la Brie of the Paris basin. Radiolaria, however, have now been well recognized as flint formers, even in dark cherts of Silurian age. Radiolarian cherts have been taken as an indication that the beds in which they occur were formed in oceanic depths. It is difficult to determine the stage in the history of a rock at which silicification has set in. As A. Jukes-Brown remarks, solution of the silica skeletons may be accelerated by pressure, that is, by the depth of water in which the bed accumulated. Yet in comparison with the calcareous shells of foraminifera, radiolarian and diatomaceous remains are only slowly soluble, and are found in the deepest spots reached by soundings. H. B. Guppy, on the other hand, has observed silicification of modern corals in reefs in the Fijis, and believes that the process went on during the elevation of the area, when waters containing silica became concentrated, and parts of the mass were exposed to evaporation. The instability of the non-crystalline, silicious skeletons in geological time makes it probable that a rock cannot long retain them when buried among other strata in the earth. It is clear that there is no support for the view, current from the time of James Hutton onwards, that nodular flints were formed by matter in hot solutions entering pre-existing cavities in limestone rocks. But there must be cases where the silicification of limestone has arisen through its penetration by hot springs. The presence of tabular flint in joints of the chalk shows that water has imported silica along easy lines of passage from some other portion of the rock. Just as stems of trees become replaced by chalcedonic silica, so many beds of limestone be converted into flint, especially in volcanic areas. A. W. Rogers records that recent limestones formed in the Cape Province by the evaporation of ascending waters have already become silicified. These flinty rocks have been found in the Kalahari Desert and elsewhere, though not south of the Orange River. The chemical change is probably due to the character of local water rather than to temperature. Yet it is remarkable how, in the vast majority of instances, the partial or complete silicification of a limestone may be traced to an intermediate resting stage of the silica in the form of skeletons of the vegetable diatoms or the animal sponges or radiolarians. The decay of flint itself, by the removal of part of its substance in solution, is the cause of the white surface on specimens from the chalk, and of the crumbling white residues found in certain gravels. This process has been fully discussed by J. W. Judd, who believes that the material removed is silica in the opaline condition. End of Part 2 of Chapter 2